Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. My name is Josh Nickel, and we finally got him. I feel like I've been chasing this guy for a while, but uh, the longer we wait, the more his resume builds, so it's good. So when we asked you in the summer, that was before you had won nationals. So now you're a two-time national champion, including defending national champion. You've medaled on the Norseka Tour. You've represented Canada over 30 times in your, what feels like a short career, but we'll talk about that. You've been around for a long time now, actually, as a... Quebec guy coming to Ontario, and before you did that, you were a member of the Laval Rouge Or, where you were pretty dominant for your three seasons there. So, welcome to the show, Simone Factor Boutin. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, it's been uh, been a while that we've been uh, talking about it, so finally we uh, we get to do it. So it's fun. I think what I struggle with is is your career still feels short, but you were one of the guys who moved here pretty early. I think. Like, did you give up university ball to come play full time beach? Uh, I didn't play my last year in university. Okay. Um, my plan was to uh, get some money, get ready to move to Toronto. And even my last semester of university, I took eight classes because I wanted to graduate and uh, move to Toronto. So I remember on a Friday having a big exam and on the Saturday morning, packing all my stuff and leave for Toronto. Awesome. So that's obviously a big commitment. But with you growing up in Quebec, what was your opportunity to play beach? And why did you decide that like the timing was right for you to come to the national team? Um, at first, it wasn't really too much into beach really for focus on indoor and uh, one of my good friend Fiji uh, Francois Guiala was uh, very into it and he's the one that uh, brought me uh, to the sand he needed a blocker and uh, yeah he brought me in then we found a coach and we got started and then it became quickly like indoor and beach were just part of my life and going from one to the other and and yeah, and I quickly I realized that if I wanted to take it further, I needed to join the national team and moving to Toronto was the, the best move for me. So were you identified at a tournament where you and Fiji would have played together or was there a selection camp? Like I was still working at the OVA and I remember you arriving. And I think you you played provincials maybe with somebody else. Did you play with Rex Fenton maybe for I, a tournament? I did. So in uh, 2010, they had a selection camp early June for the summer carding. And uh, I showed up, and I remember leaving, having not really much expectation. Even the meeting I got with Leonard was pretty much okay. Maybe, maybe next time. And then a couple of weeks later, I received an email saying, "Hey, you have uh, four months carding." And then realized that hey, I should probably come and try to train one week in Toronto. And then they arranged for me to play provincial. And yeah, Rex and I. Uh, won it in 2010 so that was uh, fun yeah this beach thing's easy you just show up meet your partner and uh, away you go with it right yeah well <laughs> you know what sometimes when you just go with the flow good good things happen but yeah it was a good time playing with rex nice so with you going to laval obviously they've been competitive for whatever it feels like they've been very very dominant in the rseq what was your recruiting process like when you were leaving high school and club like was laval the right school for you because of volleyball or did you also like the academics you were going to get there well as well well, uh, for us, it's a bit different, having Cégep before uh, university, so went to Limoilou for two years, and then that's the natural path, right? You play to in Limoilou, it's also in Quebec City, and then you also get to train once in a while against Laval, and I met Pascal, Pascal Clement, who's about to retire uh, after this season, um, the, what? my last year of high school when I went to Canada game in uh, Saskatchewan. So then you just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's part of the path, right? You play to Malou, you go to Laval, and 
like you want to keep going with the same guy you've played with and won with and so that's uh, that's why i went there yeah. nice and with pascal being there for so long and so successful does anything stand out in your mind of, of how he's been able to put it together for so long obviously the the partnership with lima lua i mean it's a volleyball factory there and they've got a good so, thing going um, but anything stand out from practices or the way uh, they handle competition that really helped you improve? Well, Pascal is very committed to create drills and practices. And no matter what happened in a game, he's going to find something that we need to work on and try to invent a new drill or a new way to work on it. He's very creative. So I think that helped a lot. But I think he keeps the culture of, of winning. So as a rookie, you arrive, you see the older guys, there's a way of, of doing everything that you want to follow and that everybody kept with the year, so that's why it's a very successful uh, program. Now, we were just talking before the show about how successful you were at Laval, and you played in Nationals uh, your all three seasons you were there. Uh, who were some of your teammates? Because I think we talked the other day, uh, Carl de Prix was one of the guys you played with. Uh, who yes. else did you kind of go through, either Limalu and Laval, or just maybe would have competed with at Laval that uh, some of our listeners would recognize? Um, yeah, Caligan play. I played in Limoilou in Laval. Fred Debien was there my first two years. Olivier Fauché was the setter uh, from Ontario. Thierry Lavigne was our captain uh, my first two years. Um, who else? I played Fred Mondou. Uh, Justin Boudreau was my setter in my last year. A lot of guys that played a bit. Jeremy Lorty also from Ontario was there my last year. and. Uh, not so long after, they put everything together and won in 2013, so, yeah. And how did Pascal and, and the vets and the other coaches there manage uh, kind of the expectations of Laval, right? Because regular season was meaningful, but you guys would obviously have nationals probably circled on your calendar yeah. pretty early. So how did you make sure you were meeting expectations and standards where maybe something that happened in regular season, you just know it wasn't going to get it done at nationals, right? How did you guys stay connected to, the, like, nationals being the big goal? I think the toughest part was, and no offense to our op opponent back then, is that the caliber out west was way stronger than what we had during the regular season. So Pascal was always looking for opportunities to go somewhere, or we would always go play Queens a couple of times, or they would come and then try to bring in a team from out west for two or three games before the season. and. Our standard was always not based on the league or the regular season. Is like we want to win nationals, so that's that's what we were striving for. And we need to like, even if we win twenty five, twelve, or thirteen, and that's not that's not exactly it. Then that was our standard. So that's how we we kept it all together to focus every year on nationals. Did you speak to Pascal about uh, committing to Beach full-time? Like, how did that conversation go when you uh, decided you weren't going to return for your, your fourth year? Um, I think it was hard for him to really understand. I've, I think in my second year, I already mentioned, I think in my last year meeting, that my third year would be my last one. I don't really think he took it seriously. I think it was, well, well, we'll see, we'll see later. And I think for him, it was... Yeah, really hard to understand why I would not play my last year. Looking back at it, I could have played my last year, but as every beach volleyball player would would know by now that if you're not financially ready when you make the move, it can hurt you a lot because when you you have to pay for everything and if 
you don't have it together or you don't have a little bit aside when you move and you make mistakes or you're not sure what you're, you're going to do. It. But yeah, no, Pascal, he understood what I wanted to do, but there's not a lot of players that choose not to play their last year. Did you have any expectations when you arrived in Toronto? Like, what was that first summer like in terms of, did you ever second guess that you made a poor decision? Or because it was kind of a, you, you were very good at the sport, but you're still kind of new. So there's probably a lot, like a lot of learning and a lot of new stuff that you could feel like you could focus on, right? But did you ever kind of go, man, these Ontario guys, they're not for me. Uh, I kind of miss my university buddies. Like, we had a good thing at Laval. Like, did anything kind of creep into your mind? Oh, oh for sure. There's, there's a, a cultural difference that, whether or not we're from the same country, Quebec and Ontario are, are very, very different. So at first, and even my first weeks of training, doing everything in English was exhausting. My brain was just fried. And I remember and, and I played my first season with Cam Whelan. And like I was at from Thursday and Friday, my practices were not so good because I was exhausted. It was a lot. It just not only... Volleyball is different. Everything else is is different. But I, like, I knew that at some point I would get over it. And I was lucky enough that my first summer, my first beach partner Fiji, moved in also for the summer with me. He played with Mike Lantinga that summer, so that really really helped make things a bit smoother. But uh, no, honestly, I never doubted myself that that was not the right move, knowing that. At any point, if I wasn't happy, I could, like, I could go back. Like right. it was nothing, but no, and and I never really considered going back to to Quebec. But I think that for me, for volleyball, that was the right move to to be in Toronto. Now I'm trying to think back. You mentioned Fiji was there. Were there any other Quebecers with the national team program? Because I feel like you were one of. In my mind, you're either one of the guys who were here earlier, or you're the one that's stuck it out the longest, right? So well, the the longest for sure. Uh, Carl de Grand Prix at the Carding for one year. That's right. Okay. And uh, since uh, before this year, when Ivan finally got it, and Hugo and uh, other younger guys from Quebec got it, uh, Johan and Guillaume as well. I think they were only Carl and, and me that had carding. Yeah, so since I got it for six years, I think I can rest a little bit. I don't think uh, my record is in danger for now. But uh, yeah, no, not, not a lot of guys. So I felt a bit lonely for a while, but I'm glad that it's uh, changing slowly. Yeah, it should be a good summer. We should actually have some theme days where we're, you're only allowed to speak French and I would have to kick it into gear because you mentioned uh, yourself and Ivan. But yeah. uh, once Guillaume gets here yeah. and Hugo and Yohan. Jeremy yeah. and, excuse me, and Yohan, excuse yeah. me. Uh, and we got MC on the women's side, and, and even Alex Russell, I found out the other day, speaks French very yeah, well. So, uh, Liam, Liam yeah, too. Yeah, so um, we're moving in the right direction here. Maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> uh, we'll see. But uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting, I think, to try to have a practice in French for, for Liam and uh, Russ. I think, I, can, I think they, can, they could do it. I think they could pull it off. So you move here, you're training, you're, you're competing at the highest level, you're, you're meeting partners, you're, you're doing that whole thing. Do you remember the first time you went uh, on tour, whether it was in Orsico or the FIV, like what uh, your first impression of international volleyball was? Um, I had the opportunity to play international event before I moved to, to Toronto. Um, but it was a bit different because I went to the Franco game, I went to the World University game. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's different because they're longer tournament, you have more opportunities. 
Um, even my first Narsika, you go, you play three, four, four matches. You get in, like a chance to find your rhythm. But I think the first time, when, I think in 2013 when, with Ryan De Bruin when I went to uh, Argentina for a tournament, and you go there, you lose first game, and you realize that my tournament is over. That's when you really, like, it, it's not easy, but that that's the whole thing you you just nothing that you get right away you need to win and deserve every every point and every game that you get that's, that's when i realized that okay i got into something way harder than i thought and that's when they okay that's a good challenge i'm like that's that's what i want to do and and I, even now that's that's what the world tour is all about that you go there and if you don't take care of that opportunity, well, somebody else will will, and they will get that main draw and those points, and then more opportunity are going their way. So, yeah. Do you ever get used to that? Like, you, you've played for Canada over 30 times, and, and a bunch of those have been on the World Tour, but do you ever get used to the feeling of stepping off the plane knowing you have to qualify? And, and how different is it for you knowing when you step off the plane and you're already in the main draw? Like, oh, it is, is I think... Every player, even I remember when Kerry Walsh uh, played in a qualifier, and right after she said she had so much respect for for athletes that do it every weekend because when you're in the main draw, you know you get already two games. You have like you like it's e not easier, but you get used to it, and then you win one game, then you get more points, then you stay in the main draw. And in the qualifier, you need to be ready that there's no time to find rhythm on your serve over three games. You need to win that one. It's just that mentality that I'm going all out right away. There's no easing into a qualifier. It's going at it. Yeah, and I think with our sport, with the, just a lot of attention being on the, on the finances, as you kind of discussed, that it, you mentioned you kind of had your act together and you were ready to dive in where... Other people, if they're not ready, it can become a stress. And, and I think that's the biggest thing in the qualifiers. You're on your own for your flight, like everybody else is. But if you don't qualify, then accommodation is on you. Meals are on you versus the main draw. You know you're checking into the hotel. You know you're getting it covered until you're eliminated. So there are a lot of distractions, I think, coming with the qualifier. And it just kind of magnifies the results, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And thinking about it, the advice I would give to a young volleyball player and it's crazy because you think it would be, oh, just make sure you do all your, your workout that you train hard. And you know what? I would tell any athlete that wants to do beach volleyball, start your, your credit soon. Make sure that you get like your finances, everything organized. Learn how to book flights or a hotel. All, all this, all to organize your practices, all those skills. The sooner you get, it makes a big difference in your performance. And even that's the part in preseason that really sucks. It's to organize, practice, make sure that all your schedule is right, that you can do everything. That's the that's the worst part. When it gets to get on the plane and play beach volleyball, that's the easiest part. Actually, when personally, when I'm checking into my flight, I'm the uh, at the airport, and all I have to focus on is is volleyball and winning. That's the best feeling in the world. Like, all right, that's. For the next week or so, that's that's what I'm doing. That's uh, that's great. 
and some of our, our listeners might not realize for you, you have a full-time career. Like you're, <laughs> you're an athletic director, I believe at your school, you're a teacher as well. Like you, you have a lot on the books. So, um, how do you manage that where a lot of our athletes are full-time beach and I think their time management, like you just mentioned, booking flights and figuring out uh, everything that goes around with like, where do you transfer? When do you leave? What day do you want to arrive? All heat acclimation, all that stuff. You're doing that on top of, of not only a full-time career, but also being married as well. Right. So there seems to be a lot on your plate right now that you're managing. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a lot. But again, I feel that everything, if everything goes well, if everything is positive, then they all support each other. My, my wife is extremely supportive of me uh, chasing my dream. My work is also supportive and working with kids is, is great. It keeps you uh, down to hurt. So yes, it's very busy and at some time of the year, like preseason, something I wonder, why am I doing this to myself? But when I get through it, then it, it, it's just, yeah, I get to do everything I want to do. And, yeah, as long as I can keep a balance in between uh, everything, that's I think that's the best plan because I know that I'm financially stable. I know that uh, I have someone at home that supports me, and, and then I get to play the game I love. So as long as everything uh, balance each other, and uh, I'll, I'll keep I keep playing. But yeah, sometimes I wonder, and and when people ask me, so you have a full time job, yeah, and you train also full time, yeah, that's where the problem in the scheduling come in but uh yeah nice so one thing i want to talk about because you've had success on this tour and i think i think the norseka tour is very good why i think it doesn't get a lot of attention is just because the website's difficult the schedule doesn't come out like it's hard to be a fan of the norseka tour because everything is reactive you don't really know what's happening until it's almost already happened right so but you who, who've been on the ground um what what do you remember from the early days of norseka because i think sometimes people don't speak highly of it because it's not the same as world tour, but our continental tour is still very good. Uh, and as you mentioned, the format is a little bit more favorable for athletes when they're developing, because you know, when you get off the plane that you're going to have pool play, yeah. like you're already in the main draw of the tournament. Right. So what do you think of the, the, the Norseka Tur circuit and, and what have you gotten out of that for your own development? It's uh, like you said, it, it's great because you play many games, you get there, it's pool play and then playoff and even there's ranking games. So you have many opportunities to play uh, and you play over three days. That's also something that you want to work on and get ready. I agree with you that just the fact that the website and the, the organizations can, can be a bit sketchy doesn't get much attention. But in the past two or three years, the caliber has, has been getting uh, way better and not only because like the American or the Cubans send stronger team no a lot of Central American teams uh, Guatemala Nicaragua El Salvador Costa Rica their team are, are getting better and stronger and that makes for a very very good tour but it like, if you compare it to the European circuit <laughs> let's just say that the, the courts and the organization is a, is a bit different but again I, I, I don't think I would change it it makes for great stories and you got to be ready for everything nursing circuit you go to bed with all the schedule that's normal you wake up at 7 to check the schedule and then you might not even play until 2 2 p.m. so hey it is what it is the courts are not ready the, the day before well you got to trust that you, you'll bring your best game the day after and, and I, I, I could bring some other example but 
I think my most famous uh, quote about the Norseka circuit is that you wait more than you play. You will wait for the shuttle. You will wait for the technical meeting. You will wait for your game. And eventually you might play some ball. Yeah, you really have to stay tough. We were talking just the other day on break there, and Ivan mentioned that he was supposed to have an 11 o'clock game that didn't start till 1.30. Uh, the last time I talked to MC The Point about Narsika, she mentioned the courts were beside a school, and when recess would hit, they would go to the courts and they'd want to play outside, obviously. And they kind of had like a standoff with these kids thinking like, well, you're in our space, and the professional volleyballers <laughs> like, yeah, but there's a tournament, and you're on the court. So it was yeah. just like this weird standoff of, of getting bossed around by some fourth graders, probably. So in your experience, what's what's a good one you can give us where you're at Narsika and you're just like, wow, we're we're professional athletes, and we're this is happening. I can't believe it. I think that's... Many things that we have been found like on the court. Uh, personally, I found a a full like half a bottle of beer that was just buried on the in the sand, and I got booed for it in Mexico. What else? Well, I've seen waves got all the way to the court, so you pass the ball, and then you feel the water hit your legs, and then you gotta jump and hit, and you just keep playing. I've seen a video. I wasn't there, but a goat that just went on the court during game. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to explain, but it, I think that's the good thing about the Nersikura circuit. You're ready for everything after. You, you have to be. Like, even players talking about they're supposed to be night games, and you're like, oh, I don't see any lights set up until oh, they pull cars around oh. and they start flashing, like, the light, the headlights on the court, right? Like, yeah. just... <laughs> yeah. Puerto Rico, I played a game with Christmas lights on the stands, and, and that was it. <laughs> So the first set you play, you can see the ball, and then you're like, all right, whoever can see the ball is going to win that one because there's nothing else you can do. There's just no lights, you know? Yeah, I think, I think the big thing that always makes me kind of relax is none of this is done with, like, malicious intent. Like, they honestly think they're helping or they're trying to run the tournament. It's just so funny that we come from such a, like, a, a structured sport environment that when we show up a day early before the tournament trying to train and there's no court like we have a little bit of a freak out where i'm sure there's some some central america countries who are just kind of like meh like it, it'll yeah, get done in time exactly it is what it is but there's also the fun part the community of the nursica circuit is great because for for us we need to qualify to to go there play nursica trial for other countries they only have one or two teams so you get to see uh the same team the same athlete um, regularly on the on the tour, so it's not like if I be World Tour when you get more the major teams that hang out together, then qualifier, and then when you're out, you just leave as soon as you can. Nursica, you know, you arrive on the Thursday night, you leave on the Monday morning, so you're in or you're out of the event, you're gonna stay there the the whole time. So you get to uh, yeah, get to know people better, and that's what makes it uh, very special. Now, were you at the Narsica last year because it was a world championship year? I believe Ontiveros and Virgin played in one. Uh, Triborn was at a Narsica. Like, there was some very competitive ones, I think. That's not the one I, I no. played. I think it was in, in Mexico. But, yeah, uh, Mexico generally send their good team, Cuba as, as well. Um, but, yeah, d depending, it's it's a hit or miss. I've seen some Narsica that were, I would say, with six to eight very strong team and there's other when you would say that there's only three or four contenders so you never know but like i said it got better than it was let's say three or four years ago and now there's a lot of stronger team that you cannot take uh it's going to be an automatic win 
So speaking of, of being adaptable, maybe this is what Nursik has done to both of you, but there was a neat story last year where your partner gets injured, Jake's partner gets injured, so you guys just decide to go together and you get a podium finish, right? So what do you remember about that event where how many practices did you guys actually have before you went to the tournament? Well, Ivan got injured on the Saturday before the tournament, and I knew that Will might not be able to go, so dropped Ivan at Sunnybrook Hospital, and on the car I called Jake, say, <laughs> hey Jake, uh, so do you think Will can play this weekend? Because Ivan just uh, got injured badly, and he told me right away, you know what, I'm... No, I don't think Will's going to be able to play. So he said, give me a few hours. I just confirm everything. And then we decided, okay, let's let's do this. Sunday morning, we set up a practice. I think we got another one on Tuesday. And then, uh, yeah, we decided to just go with it. And it was a great experience. Uh, Jake is a very intense and passionate uh, volleyball player. And... We went there and said, okay, let's, let's just go there. We figured out our style of play quickly, went at it, and uh, great experience. Yeah, get, get to uh, reach the final, especially that my last Nursica medal was from 2013. So it, it was a long time waiting for that next one. And um, yes, it was a great, great experience, yeah. Yeah, I think... I'm trying to remember if that was Jake's first or if he would have got one with Liam. He, he got one with was Liam. Uh, before yeah, he played with you? Before. So, nice. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, well, we got a silver. He got a bronze. So, yeah, uh, I mean, you got him to the final. And the, the the big running joke over the winter was that you and Jake were actually Canada 3, I think, if we were just to keep you together with the points you had accumulated over the last few events, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just always tough to... Uh, if you start to calculate all the points and all the possibilities, then... Yeah, you might you, you might go in the different different ways, but uh, I'm excited to see what Ivan and I can do uh, can do this season. Yeah, so you guys partnered up last year yep. and, and had some success. A bit of a, I think there was an injury that was kind of not great time. It's never a good time to get hurt, but I think you and Ivan were, were definitely trending in the right direction. And then he had the finger thing, right? So yep. uh, now that it's preseason and everybody's excited again, uh, what are you looking forward to this year? You guys got Cambodia coming up, and then. Kind of, what are you looking forward to this year as you defend your national championship, but you're also going to hit the road and play probably as much as you can, right? Yeah. Um, the first year of a partnership is like a lot of getting to know each other, even though Ivan and I, like, we knew each other, but not at the point of traveling and being on the court under pressure. So that was the, that what we did, I would say, the first part of the season. We got to know each other and then... June, when we went to Montreal to play the Challenger Celtic, that's when I feel like everything finally clicked in. And after that, we started to play our, our, our best volleyball. And now just to see from what we started a year ago to the point that we are now, we're very excited. And that's why uh, having a Nursica trial uh, this upcoming weekend and going all the way to Cambodia because it's Great time to go to Asia right now. <laughs> um, it's it's going to be fun. We're just ready to uh, get tested and go out there and, uh, yeah, get that uh, qualification for Cambodia. And then uh, not long after, uh, Australia. We'll uh, try to get in one of the national tour events and then the three-star and uh, 
just to make my life uh, crazy, I'm gonna go back from Australia, work for one day, and then go to uh, Mexico to Cancun. That should be uh, should be fun. Yeah. Nice. And have you felt any expectations to kind of be the, the leader, not based on your experience, but also the age difference with Ivan? Right? Have you felt that you've had to, you know, put the hammer down a couple times and be the authority figure, or how's the the partnership working out this year? Well, I honestly, um, I don't want to be the old guy that tried to teach the younger one, well, you should do this, you should do that. And from my former partnership with Hugo, when I, I very quickly decided that, okay, I have a certain experience, but I'm, like, I don't want to cage you, it's go at it. And with Ivan, it's, it's, it was the same. At first, like, okay, let's, let's go be, be yourself and... Even though I'm a bit older, uh, quickly when you're a volleyball court, just it, it doesn't really really matter. And yeah, for sure, I bring more. Uh, I would say stability, having just my whole life more more together. But you know, I don't want to be the the old guy that is uh, <laughs> always saying, "Well, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that." Is and and as a teacher, I know that if you try to be the authority uh, always, it's it's not gonna work. No, no, and hopefully uh, at some point Ivan is also the mature one that uh, tells me that, hey, Simon, you should uh, take it easy, but uh, we'll see. Nice, and we should give a, a shout-out to your coach. Uh, I consider him a personal friend. Alain Arsenault has been working with you guys. Yep. Uh, what have you enjoyed with Alain, and how did you actually get to meet him? Was that a connection through Ivan and his uh, indoor club at Phoenix, or how did you kind of come across him? Oh, yeah, we already all knew each other, and Ivan was with Phoenix working with Alain a bit more and then we realized that he's a great coach, he speaks French, that would <laughs> that, probably be a good uh, good matchup for us to uh, work together and uh, no, it's, it's been very great. Alain is very good at making you uncomfortable on the court to make you grow and expand your game that make you question everything so I'm not gonna lie you have a two-hour practice with Alain and you're very mad after he, <laughs> he achieved his goal that's he he's not gonna keep you in your comfort zone and say oh you're so great no no he pushes you and he makes you very uncomfortable and that's why we want to work with him if that's a bit crazy but uh, it works for us yeah, that was one of the many benefits for me uh, when you guys played in the in the Toronto Pro Beach League is I got to see Al a couple times on the Sunday nights there. Uh, for your preseason, what did you think of the league? I know it was our first year and we're still kind of bouncing ideas and it was a good learning opportunity, but uh, did that kind of meet your expectations for getting some meaningful games in with Ivan, a chance to play for some prize money, um, just the little things like that? Yeah, I think that uh, especially preseason, having games with the ref, just getting to that rhythm that the whistle is going to be a bit faster than you get in practice. Mm -hmm. I think that was, uh, that was good. Uh, for sure, we hope that more of the national team athletes would sign up. Unfortunately, the fact that Will, Will Howie got injured didn't, didn't help. But it, it was very interesting. And being in two golden sets when you have to play one point, one point, and you don't control everything, and you need to just focus that, okay, like, no matter what the girls do on the court, all I can do is focus on the next point. It was uh, it was good to work on our mental toughness. So. So I really like the experience and look forward to see if the league can uh, grow some more. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. The way 
Ben uh, has written the uh, the overtime set or the golden set. I didn't really know what it was until I saw it, and yeah. as soon as I saw it, I was like, "This is awesome!" Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you you enjoyed it and uh, brought a high caliber to the league. And now now the biggest challenge is get people have to watch. I think the the players were engaged, uh, the the officials got some development because they got to ref in their off season. So no, it was all a great experience overall. We just got to figure out, you know, it's for the kids. You know, we got to get them out a little bit. <laughs> well, like you said, it's just to get it started, and then you can expand it and find a way to yeah to get the kids involved and i'm sure you'll do a great job as a commissioner <laughs> yes really. it's a great title great title uh one thing i did want to speak to you about i know you've you've called ontario home for a lot of years i just wondered if you could comment just on the quebec affiliate program uh so for our listeners who don't know what that is uh vincent in, in quebec has done a great job getting athletes to kind of treat beach a little bit more professionally for some of the younger athletes whether they're only available to train in the summer or whether they want to do it year-round but uh that program being affiliated with the national team it seems like has paid off and it seems every year we have more uh, quebec athletes who are very competitive either uh coming to ontario or when ontario goes to quebec to play in that circuit or even at national championships right mm -hmm. so um as a guy who's technically an affiliate even though i feel like you've been in ontario since 2010 like you mentioned <laughs> uh what is vincent doing so well that's kind of created the foundation for that program um, I think that's what's hard to understand about the program is, is it's not a base program. It's more a service program. So Vin Vincent is there to support the athlete any way he can. And it's not always there to run practice, but it's for discussion, try to help them, or just having someone that is the link in between the athlete and the national team. Um, but Vincent has done an amazing job getting the, the youth more interested and involved in, in beach volleyball. And last summer, he told me that he had an optional week of training with the provincial team. And he told the athlete, you know what, I cannot pay for your accommodation for that week. And the athlete said, we don't care. We'll all go to friends or other athletes. And we want to train that extra week because he's, yeah, he's so passionate about the sport and he shared it so well. And I think that his main goal is to bring all the athletes at their max potential, knowing that not all the athletes have the same potential, but the fact that he believes in everyone to get better, got all the kids interested. And, and then they move into the affiliate program when they get more involved with the national team. So that's, that's yeah, that's why uh, Quebec athletes are getting uh, more uh, present on the national team. Yeah, I think between the affiliate program and then we kind of touched on it, I, hope we can take a deeper dive just about uh kind of the pro tour thing they've got going on i, I guess it's not a true pro tour because no. the prize money isn't quite there no. but it does feel like you can play three or four events for money yeah. and, I, and the, the adult participation is actually pretty high in quebec so who who deserves this credit is it volleyball quebec is it promoters or is it everybody doing their part like just talk about the circuit of, of how many events you can play and then and, and kind of what money's on the line in quebec. yeah um i want to say it's three or four years ago Volleyball Quebec decided to not be the main organizer of the tour, but just support and provide whatever the promoter needed. And since then, there's, yeah, I want to say four or, four or five, let's see when we, we count them, events. So we have the Open de Boucherville, that was the first one. Uh, I think the first year, 2000, was the prize money for, for the winner. And then the Grand Prix Beach Quebec. Uh, last year, I think three thousand for for the winner, and um, what else? Uh, we have the Challenger Celtic that uh, 
There's another event that is starting in Montreal, and I think the most interesting one was in Gaspésie, which is uh, eight and a half hour from Quebec City, further east. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a small city that just decided they wanted to organize a beach volleyball event, and they had uh, 3,500 for the winner, which is good money, honestly. And Ivan and I doing well in uh, all of those events last summer. It helped pay a lot <laughs> of our flights from from the season, but I think that it's just that passionate organizer decided to uh, go uh, go out there and build an event that is uh, worth it for the athlete and their community. And yeah, it's, yeah, like you said, it's almost uh, a pro tour, but it's good that you get three or four domestic events that can help you to uh, fund your traveling if you do well. But just the fact that last year, two events had qualifier for men's. It's 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 crazy. The last time they had well, I played in qualifiers in, in Quebec in 2007 or 2008 when I just started to uh, discover beach. But it, it's great for the sport that so many athletes want to get involved. Yeah, I think if I don't, I don't know whose role it would be or who can kind of connect all these good things going, but between Ben Open's got to be the the best domestic yep. event in Canada, and then sure. the OV does a great job on the Grand Slam, and with yep. Quebec having some events that. If we could just connect those that I'm sure Manitoba, Sask, Alberta, they want to be involved. Out East was doing a great job with Halifax and Sand Slam, and I think they went to PEI one year as well. So yeah. uh, it just feels like if somebody were to ever kind of get that going, there's already a lot of great people doing stuff in their own pockets. That we, we're closer to a pro tour than I ever thought, actually. Yeah, I, I have no idea how we can bring everything as a pro tour together. I think it's a question of, of sponsors and so on, but I know that they communicate with each other. I know that there's that, okay, what can we do better? I know that the OVA Grand Slam is on the calendar of the Quebec Tour and vice versa, cool. that they they support each other event and they make sure that they don't conflict with one another. I don't know how, how that could happen, but it'd be, it'd be amazing to have a pro tour since I don't plan to retire anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, that'd be good that uh, we can get that going. Awesome. Well, I'm just looking at the clock. I know you're a busy guy, as we've stated earlier. You've actually uh, made time before a training session to get uh, get this interview done. So I want to thank you for that. But I'm just wondering, uh, did you save any stories from the road? We're, we're a big uh, storytelling podcast where I think uh, you, you've established yourself as a national team player for a long time. You've played at the highest level, but man, some crazy stuff happens on the road every once in a while. I'm wondering, did we take all the stories from Norseeker? You got one more you can leave I, us I with think One more that is... Uh... <laughs> When we went to Bonaire this year for Narsica, uh, just the fact that we got to the event is is crazy because on the Tuesday night or two weeks before, I think I booked my flight, I received an email from Flight Network saying that, hey, you know what? We, we don't have your uh, return flight. There's something that went wrong. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I just bought my flight. and. Then say, yeah, but if you want to book another ticket, there's only like business class and they're double the price. And I'm like, ugh. So finally decided that no time to waste. I'm just going to book that flight. And then uh, the day before we leave to Bonaire, we get an email saying, you know what? Your flight from Toronto is going to leave an hour later since the crew arrived too late and they need their rest. So you're going to miss your connection uh, in Miami. But we can still get you there two days later. No, that's that's not what we want. And then 
just a lot of stress, called the Ed Drake saying, well, what should we do, called the, the airline, what can we do? We tried to look at different patterns. And then we finally look and see that the flight from Toronto to Miami generally arrives 45 minutes to an hour uh, early. So Ivan and I look at each other and say, you know what, let's, let's gamble. Let's, <laughs> let's go at it. So we just booked very expensive flight and we leave knowing fully that if we miss our connection, we cannot get there until two days, it's too late. So I might just take a flight to Miami and then take a flight back to Toronto. Holy. And uh, we were fortunate enough that everything went well and we got on that connection flight and we made it to, to the event. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you arrive and then it's, it's crazy because like pressure to play volleyball. No, that's nothing with what, what we have, like the, the, uh, the upcoming days before the event. So let's just go and have fun. That's... Yeah, you touched on that earlier. That's so funny that like, yeah, the, the easy part is playing volleyball. When you're booking your own <laughs> oh, travel sure. and trying to find connections and even a unique tournament like Bonaire, yeah. like, it's not like you can go there every day, right? So no, not, not a lot of flights going there, but hey, we're just <laughs> glad we made it to that tiny island and we got to uh, play the event. But yeah, we almost didn't make it. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking the time to do this. Good luck at trials and then you're off to Cambodia and then it, it feels like the season is going to hit us pretty fast here. So good luck with uh, everything you and Yvonne have planned and looking forward to a big season. Thanks and hoping that uh, you don't make me wait uh, another year for the next time you have me on the show. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks.